Before Steve Carell was Michael Scott in The Office, he was Andy Stitzer in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. The 40-Year-Old Virgin was a, it's a dumb movie that came out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Raunchy comedy. I remember watching the TBS edited version about a year after it came out. If you had to look at just the cover of this movie, how do you think this movie portrayed single people? Well, this movie made the point that was simple, was that if you're single, there's something wrong with you. You're going to wear a tight-fitting polo, and Andy Stitzer, he wore a tight-fitting polo that he tucked into his khaki cargo shorts. He had a cell phone clip on his belt, and he worked at an electronics store, and in his free time, he collected action figures. The point of the movie was simple. If you are single, there is something wrong with you. If you're that old and you're not having sex, then you must be a geek. If you're not in a relationship, you should do whatever it takes to be in one. And I know that uh, this is just one movie, but if you're single, I'm sure you've felt this before. Maybe it was that time you went home from the holidays and your mom asked you, so, you meet anyone special yet? Maybe it was that time you were driving in your car and the 11th love song came on in a row and you began to think to yourself, man, none of these songs apply to me. Or maybe you came to a church and you liked how they said how family-focused this church is, but you always kind of felt a little bit out of place. There is this stigma in our society that if you're single, there's something wrong with you or you're not as important as a married person. So today we need to talk about that stigma of singleness. And we've been working through our sermon series called When Relationships Create Scars. And we've been talking about some tough subjects, you know, pornography, abuse, uh, addictions, and breakups. And uh, I remember at the very first week I started this series, I said I had two goals for this. For this series, I wanted to be able to apply the gospel to areas of people's lives where the church um, often shies away from it. So maybe you've never heard that the gospel applied to that area of your life before because it's easy as a church to not want to talk about some of these tough subjects. That was the main reason. But the second reason was that I want this church to be an honest church. I want this church to be a place where you don't have to walk in and pretend that you're wearing a mask and tell everyone that your life's okay. Uh, if you're struggling with someone or with something, I want this place to be a place where you can come for help, where you can talk about awkward subjects and you can find healing in the church. Those are the goals that I had for this series, and we're going to continue that by talking about singleness today. And here are my three talking points for today. First, who is single? I'm going to make you all raise your hand if you're single and see if we can find a love connection today. Just, just kidding. Not going to do that. Uh, point number two, what are the pros and cons of being single? What are the disadvantages and advantages of a life as a single person? And three, how can you be content whatever your relationship status because wouldn't you love to be content whether you are in a happy marriage or an unhappy marriage, whether you are single or married, wouldn't you love to have true contentment? So first, let's talk about who is single. Well, there's really four different categories of people who are single. There are those who are not yet married. So you think about maybe somebody is in their 20s and they just haven't met the right person yet. I would put all of our children and young people into this category as well. Uh, then there are those who are willingly not married. For whatever reason, they grew up and decided not to get married. Um, and then there are single people after a divorce. Divorces happen, marriages fall apart, and afterwards you're single. Or uh, you're single after a death of your spouse. 
um, in a marriage. So you're, you're married to somebody, but eventually everyone's going to die, and after that you'd be a single person. And the reason I put those categories up there is just to show how many people out there who are single. There are so many people that grow up single because you're not married right away, and then uh, you might end up one day being single again if your spouse dies or something like that. Um, and so it's something we need to be able to talk about because uh, this is a subject that affects all of us at one point, that we were single at one point in our life. And uh, if you are single, uh, you're in good company. I'd like to introduce you to two other people who are single. The first one was the greatest missionary ever. He wrote 13 books of the Bible, and he started so many churches. His name is St. Paul. St. Paul was a single man that did great things for the Lord um, as a single person. But it gets even better than that. Because the second person I'd like to point out uh, raised the dead and gave them life. He healed the sick. He walked on water. He's the whole reason why we, we are here today. The 33-year-old virgin, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul and Jesus Christ were both single. Clearly the Bible showing that there is nothing wrong with being single. There is nothing wrong with being single uh, because the Apostle Paul lived a single life and Jesus came to this world and he didn't get married either. Um, so there's nothing wrong with being single. And that's, a, that's an important point to make. And the single Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He said, I wish that all of you were as I am. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. So the Apostle Paul describes singleness as a gift from God. I think in our society, if you're single, we like to, it's more like a curse. You're cursed, no one must love you, you must be by yourself, that's a, that's a curse. But instead, the Apostle Paul says that singleness is a gift from God. It's a good thing. And he tells you that no matter what situation you are in life, whatever situation the Lord has assigned to you, uh, you should serve God in that situation. I kind of like to picture it like this. That life is like a card game and God is the dealer. And he's the one that hands out the situations of life that you're in. This person is single, that person's married, this person's divorced, this one's in an unhappy marriage. Uh, we are assigned our life positions. And we're told in this passage that whatever cards you are dealt, you should play those cards. Don't just sit around and wait to see if your status changes. Serve the Lord in whatever situation you're in. So, if you are a single person, serve the Lord as a single person. If you are divorced, serve the Lord as a divorced person. If you're a single mother, serve the Lord as a single mother. If you are happily married, serve the Lord as a happy spouse. If you're unhappily married, serve the Lord in that situation. Whatever situation that God has assigned to you, you should serve the Lord in that situation that you are in. And not just wait to see if your status changes one day. So there is no, no better statuses than others. Single people aren't any more or less important than married people. But God makes it clear that whatever situation you are in life, that's the situation you should use to serve the Lord. So first, who is single? Second, what are the pros and cons of singleness? We'll make a pros and cons chart. So first thing, a first pro of being single is having an undivided focus on the Lord. 
This is what Paul says about that. He says, An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. So an unmarried man can dedicate all of his time to serving the Lord, but an unmarried person has to think about how he can serve his wife. And then he moves on and talks about women. He says, An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. So whether you're a man or a woman, if you're single, you're going to have more flexibility in serving the Lord. And if you're um, married, that, that might be a distraction, right? So that's the first pro, is having that undivided focus on the Lord. That's what kind of what you have as a single person. And I think all married people would agree that marriage takes time. There's no getting around it. Think about how many hours you spent last week just to make sure that your marriage, your spouse, is happy. Um, and as a single person, uh, there's no getting around it. You're going to have a little bit more flexibility in your schedule. If you wanted to spend three hours tonight as a single person reading your Bible, what's stopping you? Are you going to have someone that's going to need your attention instead of that? No, you're single. If you wanted to spend a ton of your time serving on the church and being on every committee, what's stopping you? Who do you need to get permission from to do that? Uh, as a single person, you're going to have more time to do that. I'm a married pastor, and that means that I'm not going to be able to work 80 hours a week because I have a wife and I have a child coming soon, and those things, the family, it takes time. And, those, and I'm going to have to serve uh, my family as well. Not saying that single people need to work 80 hours a week, but I'm just saying if you wanted to, you have that flexibility in your schedule to do so. Um, and as we said before, uh, the Apostle Paul wasn't married, and that allowed him to do some great things. Imagine if the Apostle Paul was married, and he came home and he said, uh, Hey honey, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it to dinner tonight. And she says, Oh really, why not? And he says, Well, I'm going on a missionary trip. She says, really? How long are you going to be gone? Um, I don't know. Maybe one year? Maybe two years? Maybe three years? I don't know. You don't know. Well, where are you going? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to wait to see where God leads me. Do you think the Apostle Paul would get permission to go on that type of uh, mission trip? I don't think I would get permission to go on that type of mission trip. Uh, but as a single person, you might have a little bit more flexibility. Who's stopping you from going on a trip like that if you wanted to serve the Lord that way? The Apostle Paul was single, and he used that singleness to do great things. He went on great missionary trips. He started uh, many churches, and he was able to put in the time and work to do so, to serve the Lord in that way. Second pro. It's easier during suffering to be a single person. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. The Apostle Paul talks about this present crisis. And Bible scholars, uh, there's some debate as to what that refers to. Um, some people think it's something that was specifically going on in Corinth at the time of the Apostle Paul. Maybe it was like a famine or a wave of persecution. Other people think that might be just like a metaphor talking about how um, now we live in a sinful world and before Jesus comes back there's always going to be suffering and crises going on. Um, 
And the Apostle Paul says that during these crises, uh, it's going to be easier as a single person. That sounds a little strange, right? Because wouldn't you think if you knew that you're going to go through some type of suffering, it would almost be easier to be married, to have that spouse giving you support? But let's take examples of famine. They said, what if it was a famine? If you knew that you were going to starve in a famine, would you rather do that by yourself? Or would you rather have, uh, watch your wife and children starve with you as well? What about persecution? If you knew that you were going to be fed to the lions in a coliseum, would you rather do that by yourself? Or would you rather have your spouse and children there with you as well? I think one of the hardest parts of marriage is watching your spouse suffer, go through pain and suffering. It's so hard to do that, to see someone you love suffer. Uh, And Paul makes it clear that um, if you're single, you're not going to have to go through that pain. And in some situations, that can be easier to deal with that form of suffering. So those are the two pros. Let's move over to the cons list. If you remember back to your confirmation classes, catechism classes, uh, normally when we talk about the blessings of marriage, we usually call them the three C's, the three C blessings of marriage. And that's uh, children, companionship, and chastity. And chastity is just like a fun way of saying sexual pleasure. So those are the three C's of blessings in marriage. And if you're single... What's going to be the con of being single? Well, you're not going to have those blessings. So companionship is harder. You're not going to have any biological children. And you're not going to have sex. The first point, companionship is harder. Uh, In marriage, that's such a blessing to have a companion with you all the time. Uh, Yesterday, I usually take Saturdays as my day off. And you know what I did? I didn't do any planning, but I spent time with my wife. We did fun things like went to the bank and went grocery shopping. And we spent our our Saturday together. Um, But if you're single and you have a day off, that's going to require some more work uh, to have a companion. You're going to have to physically call somebody up. You're going to have to try and make plans with someone if you want to have companionship on your day off if you live by yourself. So it's not that companionship is impossible. It just takes more work as a single person. And if, uh, if you're single, you, you need to come to grips with the fact that you're not going to have any biological children. That's just not going to happen. And finally, you're also not going to have sex. And the Apostle Paul talks about that in this verse. He says, Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So the Apostle Paul says that uh, as single people, you need to learn how to control yourself. And this is true for all people. You need to control yourself against your sexual temptations. What's interesting about this word, control yourself, is it shows up two times in the book of Corinthians. One time here, and another time talking about how athletes need to control themselves while they're training for a race. So think about an athlete. You know, yes, they are naturally gifted, but to run a marathon, it's going to take work and determination and self-control. It's going to take self-control to force yourself to wake up every day and go running. It's going to take self-control to say no to donuts and Doritos so that you can get in good shape. It takes self-control as an athlete. And the same is true for anyone fighting sexual temptations. Sure, there might be some people that are just more naturally gifted in this way. where you are more likely to be able to say no to these temptations. But there's no getting around it. It's going to take some work, just like an athlete. It's going to take some work to say no to those temptations. 
And the Apostle Paul says that uh, if you are continually struggling with this issue, then it might be better for you to get married. That's what he says about that. Uh, so those are the pros and cons. And finally, I'd add to the list just the fact that that stigma that we talk about that's out there in society. Even as a church, we can welcome single people. But there, I think there's just always going to be that struggle um, in our society that we live in right now that single people are looked at as inferior in your life. Even though the Bible says that's not true, that's something that you're going to have to put up with as a single person. So when you look at this pros and cons list, I think it's easy to see how often that we have failed. As a single person, undivided focus for the Lord. Um, yeah, I remember when I was single and I had some more free time and how often I wasted that free time just spending more time watching Netflix and, and spending time on Facebook than the average married person. I remember there are times where I had flexibility in my schedule, but I didn't use it to serve the Lord. Or easier during suffering, maybe you consider your singleness the biggest suffering that you're going through. And you can constantly pray to the Lord, Lord, please send me a spouse. And he doesn't do that, and you struggle with that. Maybe uh, when you look at this list, you see all the times where you have failed. You've seen all the times where you've failed uh, by not having sex or struggling with those temptations. It just shows the selfishness that lives inside of us and that wickedness. So how can we ever be content? How can you be content whatever your relationship status How can you have true contentment in your life, whether you are single or married or unhappily married or happily married? How can you have that contentment? Well, I started this message off with a movie reference, and lucky for you, I'm going to talk about one more movie. It's the movie Jerry Maguire. It's a classic movie with uh, Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. They kind of have an up-and-down relationship. And at the end of the movie, Tom Cruise says this, You complete me. And Renee Zellweger bursts into tears and says, you had me at hello. Uh, Great romantic comedy. But there's a problem with this line of you complete me. Um, Because it's a lie. No other person out there can fully complete you and satisfy you. Sorry, I'll take that down. First ever gift used in the sermon, by the way. Um, But the thought behind the idea of having that somebody else can complete you is a lie. Because if you're married, and even if you're happily married, you are married to a sinner who at times is going to sin against you and disappoint you. And it's easy to believe the lie of a single person thinking, you know what, I'm finally going to be happy once I find my romantic partner. But that's not true, because romantic partners can disappoint you. To become fully content, it doesn't come from changing your relationship status. It comes from knowing what a 33-year-old virgin did for you. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to this world and he lived a perfect life. He never fell into temptations and he lived an unmarried man so that he could die single and alone on a cross. Jesus went through that pain so that he could bring you into his family forever. Jesus went through all of that so that he could forgive you of all the times you've messed this up, for all the times you've sinned as a single person or a married person. Jesus went through that so that he could give you true contentment. And it's easy to think that there's a perfect person out there that's going to satisfy all your desires. But people out there make mistakes. They sin against you. Even if you're in a a happy marriage, that person is going to disappoint you. But Jesus will never disappoint you. As if you're in an unhappy marriage and you wish that, you know, that lousy guy would buy you flowers more often, uh, I need to talk to you about Jesus, about how Jesus will always be there with you. 
And if you're single and you're struggling with feeling alone, I need you to know that Jesus is with you always and that you can always hear from him and his word and always pray to him. Jesus is the true source of contentment. He is the true source of forgiveness of sins. And one day he will bring you to heaven. And that's what this sermon series is all about. When relationships create scars. Sure, maybe you've gone through some pain. Maybe you've gone through a lot of pain in this life. Maybe relationships have really hurt you. Maybe it's been pornography. Maybe it's been a a painful breakup or a divorce. Whatever it is, I need you to know that one day you will see Jesus' face. You will see his radiance and his glory. And when you see his face, all of that pain will disappear. Because relationships create scars. But Jesus took on scars as well. And he's in heaven right now wearing those scars as victory marks. And one day you will see him. And whatever pain you've gone through will go away. Because you will be with eternal happiness with the Lord. We do this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. We now join in singing the Create in Me, printed on page 8 of your bulletins.